0: Welcome to Overnight Opinions. This week, we're going to start off with one of the dumbest comments I've heard in a very long time, and it comes from none other than Speaker Nancy Pelosi.
1: China is one of the freest
2: societies in the world. Don't take it from me; that's from Freedom House. Let's talk a little bit. Strong democracy, courageous people.
0: This was my initial
2: response. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i've ever heard
0: earth to nancy can you read that is in fact not true according to anyone even the website you mentioned at freedom house doesn't say that so let's go take a look at their global status report map <gasps> What do you know? China is clearly labeled with the lowest marking of not free. They've received an overall score of 9 out of 100. Their political rights ranking is a negative 2 out of 40. And their civil liberties ranking with a top score of 60 got them a mere 11. The very first sentence in their overview about China says, and I quote, China's authoritarian regime has become increasingly repressive in recent years. It'd be one thing if old Nancy just fumbled her source and facts a little bit and meant to quote something else, but to sit there and actually say they are one of the most freest societies in the world not only goes against, you know, common sense, but it goes against Nancy's own thoughts. So let's go back in time and take a little gander through Nancy Pelosi's brain. I must warn you, it's soaked with alcohol, so it might get a little weird at times. But anyway, back in 1989, after her first full term in Congress, Oh Nancy criticized China for violence against Tiananmen Square demonstrators. The following year, she held a press conference right outside the U.S. Capitol and said, I quote, first the Chinese authorities gave us a massacre and then they gave us a masquerade. At the time, she represented one of the largest Asian American communities in the country and she helped to fight and make sure that thousands of Chinese students could stay right here in the U.S. Also, they wouldn't have to return home and face persecution. And not only did she fight George H.W. Bush over this legislation, she went on to fight the next president, Bill Clinton, over his efforts to normalize trade relations with China, all over her worries about Beijing's human rights record. In 2008, she cajoled then-president George W. Bush, demanding that he boycott the Beijing Olympics. In fact, she said, I quote, If freedom-loving people don't speak out against China's oppression of people in Tibet, we have lost all moral authority to speak out against any oppressed people. The next year, in 2009, she helped to squash then-President Barack Obama's pick for National Intelligence Council over comments the man made merely about Tiananmen Square. Just comments, and he was gone. That same year, she traveled to China and gave the president a letter demanding the release of political prisoners. And more recently, she called for a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics. This year, in the winter, back in like February of 2022. Why? Well, because there are abuses against Uyghur Muslims. So you have to ask yourself, it'd be one thing if... Oh, Nancy just got her sources fumbled and quoted the wrong place. But why is it that six months ago, China was so bad we had to boycott the Olympics to now they're one of the freest societies in the world? I mean, that's, that's pretty stark contrast. Nothing changed that much in six months. Could it be because, I don't know, she's a politician and she's crooked and she'll do anything for a buck or to win re election, just wants a giant, total horse and pony show for attention? Or maybe, maybe it's something else. Little corruption. Did you know that Nancy Pelosi's son is an investor in a Chinese tech firm? That'd probably be reason enough to make you butter up to a country and protect your kid's job maybe old Nancy should just lay off the hooch for a second. You know, it's not a good idea to drink and then make public policy. Although we should really be raiding Nancy Pelosi's liquor cabinet to see what she's been a-drinking, the FBI instead decided to raid former President Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago this past week. By now, you've probably heard all you really want to know some of the items they took out, what the search warrant was, what it contained, that they're going after him for classified or top-secret documents he might have, including targeting him for the Espionage Act. So we're not going to recap all that because, to be perfectly honest, mainstream media has that covered top to bottom. There's really nothing else they're talking about. But on a lighter note, if you ever feel stupid one day, just remember this. Highly trained FBI agents conducting one of the most famous raids in U.S. history, prepared a receipt of items seized that would go on to be scrutinized by every news outlet and millions of Americans. And guess what? They made a typo and spelled top secret, T-O-P-E. I kid you not, go look at the warrant. It'll blow your brains when you realize what they did. The second thing I want to talk about, about the raid, has to do with how the press has covered it. Wouldn't shock anyone if I told you that the mainstream media is pretty biased and fairly crazy about 99.9% of the time. But now they're starting to play word games. FBI Assistant Director Frank Figluzzi, who's a contributor for MSNBC and NBC, went on the air this week and said...
1: It's the execution of a search warrant. It's a court-authorized search warrant. I'm sure we're now going to be in for days of ranting and raving. Even at CPAC over the weekend, there was a congressman from Arizona who called for the defunding of the FBI before this even happened. So we're in for more of that. I'm sure they're hunkering down for that. But the word raid, they don't like it. They, they want to say they executed a search warrant. All of that going on.
0: Now they've been calling it a raid until all of a sudden. That sounds weird to them. I guess they think it sounds too much like something a MAGA supporter would say. But as this man said it, they changed a lower third banner from FBI raid to search warrant right in the middle of the coverage. Like they're just going to do some sort of Jedi mind trick. And now you're never going to use that again. Probably the real reason they don't want you to say the word raid is going to conjure up all the crappy things that the FBI has done to the American public in the past. Hello, Waco. Hello, Ruby Ridge. Going after seemingly innocent Americans who weren't charged with anything and just murdering them because, well, they're the FBI and they can do it. They're basically our version of James Bond. They have a license to kill. The third and final thing I'd like to bring up about the raid is a soundbite from Joe Scarborough and his show, Morning Joe. He went on a very weird rant talking about the raid because, of course, it tickles his fancy. It just really frosts his ass at some of these MAGA supporters. So he was acting like he was going to help out the Republican Party, despite the fact that, you know, he's really not a conservative or Republican anymore. He just likes to pretend to be. And after going on and on about the fact that GOP candidates are underperforming. I don't exactly know where he's getting that either. It's all likelihood going to be a red wave come this fall. and going to sweep the midterms. But anyway, he went on this rant, and I'll just play the clip, and you'll know what's weird about it right off the bat.
2: They keep careening closer and closer to a cliff of political oblivion. And Americans can see it. They can see how hypocritical this Republican Party is. Yes, I understand people are upset because they're going, going, this is war. This is war. Let's tan our testicles. This This is is war. They're so, they're so extreme.
0: I don't know about you, but I don't want to think about the word testicles and Joe Scarborough in the same sentence. But this isn't the first time that Joe Scarborough has used testicles when making some sort of political analysis. That's right. We found another clip. Go back more than a decade ago, and he was talking about Rush Limbaugh and George Bush. And well, just take a listen.
2: I would be careful uh, if I had put my testicles in a blind trust for George W. Bush for eight years. Mm, that's one I'd way be of putting careful. It. Careful. First use of
0: testicles on Morning Joe. I may be. I
2: don't know. No, 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 absolutely, no, not absolutely not. testicular first. But there are. There are a lot of people on the right that in fact did put their testicles in a blind trust for the past eight years
0: why is joe scarborough obsessed with talking about testicles is that why is it that joe scarborough likes to compare things to testicles is that as big as his brain can get is to bring up somebody's junk it makes me think he must be so curious about testicles because he doesn't have any let's take a look at a news report now from ntd If you've not heard of them, they're a global TV network. They've been around for about 20 years, and it was founded by Chinese Americans who fled communism. So they definitely have an angle and a way they look at the world. But still, just take a listen to this news report they put out on vaccines,
1: death, and what's going on in Taiwan. In Taiwan, the number of people dying after their COVID vaccination is exceeding the number of deaths from the virus itself. Taiwan's health authorities say that as of Monday, deaths after vaccination reached 865, while deaths from the virus are at 845. Vaccines currently offered in Taiwan include AstraZeneca, Moderna, Pfizer-BioNTech and Taiwan's own vaccine, Medigen. Out of the 865 deaths after vaccination, over 600 were from AstraZeneca and nearly 200 deaths after Moderna shot. So what's going on here? Because
0: so what's going on here? It's not the first time that we've seen a paradox in what the number should be because getting a COVID-19 vaccine should prevent you from getting really sick and at least dying, right? Or at least that's what government and health officials have been telling us. So when you compare this to other nations, take, for instance, Canada, we see that there's a trend going on. Just a few months ago, it was reported that four out of every five COVID-19 deaths were amongst those that had been vaccinated. Now, let's put a pin in these facts for just a moment. Pfizer has been forced to publish their vaccine trial documentation every month. Rhodes Scholar and feminist icon, Naomi Wolf, has been going through those documents with a bunch of other volunteers to see what's exactly in those and why they wanted to keep them hidden for decades. What did they want to suppress? She found that they had an unusually high death rate from their clinical trials, 3.7%. But Pfizer went ahead and continued with their trials. Now, the number of deaths could be higher as that number only indicates the number of deaths that Pfizer decided to investigate. So you have to ask yourself, if we're struggling to see the type of results that we would like with the COVID-19 vaccine, why is the government continually pushing this on the American population? We're trying to give it to children, and it's not even working in adults. Take for example, take for example, the giant, take for example, Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. When they got it approved for children aged six months to five years, you would think that study would be pretty comprehensive, but in fact, their study only included three children. Moderna got theirs approved as well for kids aged two to five even though that company only showed an efficacy rate of 37%. So if we're seeing the vaccine fail adults around the globe in terms of still catching COVID-19 or having a higher death rate from COVID-19. Why are we pushing this vaccine on children? So really, why is it that we're giving a vaccine to children that is failing adults? I don't have an answer for that, but perhaps you can come up with one and let me know. What you're about to hear next is probably something you wouldn't think an individual would say out loud. You know, this would be an inside thought if you even have it. And then you should be incredibly disturbed with yourself and go seek therapy. So this next clip comes from a counselor for sex offenders who works at the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections. This woman named Miranda Galbraith talks about pedophiles, but in an entirely different way and which you would think.
1: So just take a listen. Folks, my name is Miranda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Erie, Pennsylvania. And today I wanna talk about minor attracted persons. Oh, just buckle up. It's about to get way worse real fast. And I want to talk about minor attracted persons because they are probably the most vilified population of folks in our culture. I'm sorry, did I miss the memo where we're supposed to not vilify
0: pedophiles? Do they need some sort of celebration for themselves? Are they going to start getting their own pronouns? Just wait until we start having pedophile
1: pride parades. I'm telling you, it's coming. And most folks are making incorrect assumptions about them without actually knowing much about them. Um, I know that you like to diddle little kids because you're a
0: sick, twisted pervert that needs to be taken out back and have their dick cut off. That's what assumptions I make about you. And those assumptions
1: create harm for an already marginalized population. I would hope pedophiles are marginalized. You may have noticed that I'm using the term minor attracted persons, sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them.
0: Well, I hope we are judging pedophiles for being pedophiles. And I hope that their feelings are hurt by being called a pedophile. They diddled kids.
1: Who gives a rat's ass why they feel? I also prefer Person first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are and doesn't represent everything that they are. I prefer that pedophiles get this shit beat out of them by other inmates every day until they die. We are all people first with many different facets or parts of ourselves. And this includes folks who are attracted to minors.
0: Folks that are attracted to minors. By this logic, does that mean that
1: murderers are lovers of mortality? So to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. A pervert, a degenerate, a child diddler, just to name a few. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. They've not chosen this attraction just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. You don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay or, or whatever you are. And you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person.
0: Well, what do you know? Being straight, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, intersex, or asexual is no different than
1: being attracted to minors? What the? Some minor attracted persons are attracted to a specific age range of minors, while some are not. And some minor attracted persons are exclusively attracted to minors and are not attracted to adults at all. Some minor attracted persons are also attracted to adults.
0: Good God almighty, I never thought I'd live in an age when we would be too woke and politically correct for a show like To Catch a Predator. I guess that would be considered offensive now. Enough weird crap for now. Let's move on. There's been a lot of talk this past week about the IRS and how they're growing in size. There's been a lot of talk this week and criticism from the right about the IRS getting bigger. So, is the IRS really doubling in size? Well, this week, the Inflation Reduction Act was passed, and that will provide about $80 billion of funding to hire nearly 87,000 new IRS agents. For a little bit of context. Last year there were nearly 80,000 full-time employees. With an operating cost of just under $14 billion. So yes. This would more than double the overall size of the IRS. With just employees alone. Not to mention the money. Which is a huge jump from $14 billion. To now getting an additional $80 billion. But it gets a little more scary. These agents are earmarked for enforcement, particular division. As of 2018, there were nearly 35,000 enforcement employees. So as the whole IRS doubles in size, it will all be squeezed inside the division that audits and enforces compliance. Now, the right has been outraged and pretty mad at the thought of this. Representative Kevin Brady exemplified it best when he said, quote, But there's simply so many more IRS agents that will be unleashed on the American public. And of course, it's going to land on those Walmart shoppers and middle-class families. Now, to combat this, Republican Senator Mike Crapo proposed an amendment that would prohibit the IRS from using this funding on Americans who make less than $400,000 a year. But this amendment was blocked by Senate Democrats. So what is going to happen when we have 87,000 new IRS agents? You know, you might think that it's going to go to monitor billionaires and make sure that the wealthy, the elite, the 1% pay their fair share, but that's a lot of IRS agents. Right here in the United States, there's just over 600 billionaires. So 87,000 agents aren't being hired. To go after the 1%, the wealthy, the billionaires, as Sanders would say, they're going to be coming after you. Democratic President Jimmy Carter once said that the federal income tax system is, quote, a disgrace to the human race. So I can only imagine what he would think about it now, doubling in size. Be sure to tune in to next week's Overnight Opinions right here on Ladies Love Politics. In the meantime, Head on over to TikTok and follow the account so you can get daily news updates and much, much more.